Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. Now, let's enjoy this week's message. I want to talk to you from a message this morning that I'm simply calling, let go and live. Let go and live. Let go and live. So, so four little things I want to show you in this message. What are the keys to living the unoffendable life? That's what we've been talking about for three weeks now. How do I live this life of being unoffendable? Not just that I'm not offended, but I am unoffendable, right? Like, like that, platen, that, that, that coating that you put on, everything slides off of you. Say whatever you want to, but I'm not going to let it stick to me because I don't have time. Listen to me. I don't have time to go through my life worrying and wondering and thinking and dragging you down because of the junk that you've done to me. <clears throat> I'm going to choose to live an unoffendable life so that whatever you say and do to me, that's between you and him. I got work to do. I got things I got to get on with. And I can't do what he's called me to do if I'm stuck in some miry pit. Four keys to living the unoffendable life. Number one, God blesses the broken road. Come on, Rascal Flats, where y'all at? Y'all thinking, I see it on your face right there. God blesses the broken road. Look at this verse of scripture, Luke 6, 27 through 28. Man, Jesus will mess you up. You don't want me to read this. No, you don't want me to read this one. You're like, go on to the next one, preacher. Let's hear the next one. I don't want to hear that one. Well, this is Jesus's words, not Jeff. And Jesus said to you, not the person beside you. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. You want me to stop? You had to keep going. (laughs) Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. That's a whole sermon series right there. How am I going to touch on that in two minutes? That's a whole sermon series. Four weeks I could preach on that. God blesses the broken road. You know what the easy road is. Jesus talked about broad is the road that leads to destruction. Wide is the, is the gate that leads to hell. Why? Because it's easy to roll down that road. It's easy to just say, you know what, man? I am sick of a sorry, nasty mess they're doing to me all the time. I don't need that mess in my life. I'm just going to shoop. How many of y'all are good at cutting people out of your life? Mm. But you know what God does? God blesses the broken road. And the broken road is going to have some big old potholes in it. And the broken road is going to have lots of twists and turns. And there might be a bridge that's out somewhere along the way that you have to kind of figure out how to get around it. In your relationships that the Holy Spirit of God is bringing to your mind right now, by the way. I'm not talking about your neighbor. I'm I'm not talking about some ethereal thing. I'm talking about you and God right now. And the person that he's putting in your heart right now, there's going to be some potholes. There's going to be some stuff that's not easy to fix. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to figure some things out. You might have to go to somebody who looks you in the face and spits in your eye when you try to apologize to them. Let me read it again. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Can I tell you something? I struggle with that one. I struggle with that one. Sometimes when I'm praying about folks, God will bring somebody's name to my mind. And my flesh wants to take over and I start thinking, yeah, they did this and this and this. I'm supposed to be here praying, Lord, and I'm mad. I'm angry. 
God, you're not putting that anger in me. What am I supposed to do? Lord, you said to pray for my enemies. I don't know how to do that. That's the way me and God talk. Do you talk to God like that? God, I don't know how to do that. How am I supposed to pray for them? Well, you want me to bless them so they go out and hurt somebody else? God just sits back all quiet. Like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just hums a little bit while I'm going off a little bit. And then he just tells me, I didn't tell you how to pray for them. I didn't tell you you had to ask them to have everything that they wanted. I just said for you to pray for them. All right, Lord. Lord, that person that has hurt me, hurt my wife, hurt my family, hurt our church, God, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna lift them up to you because you said to pray for them. Truth of it is, God, right now, I don't even like them. Can't stand what they've done to us. They've hurt people that I love, but you said to pray for them, and that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna lift them up. I'm gonna pray for them, and God, you take it from here. Do you think you could do that? Do you think you could go just that far? You know what that does? When you go just that far, takes it out of your hands of having to fix things and puts it in the hands of the Almighty. God can do more through your prayers than you can do through your angry, narcissistic Facebook post that you are conjuring up right now. Jeff, you done gone to Medan. Okay, let's move to the next one. Number two, number two, there is a process to finding forgiveness. Not just being forgiven, but to finding forgiveness. Now, if y'all didn't like that last passage, you surely not gonna like this one. Let's read it anyway. Matthew 18, starting at verse 15. Again, Jesus' words, not Jeff. Jesus says, if your brother, what's a brother? That's a Christian, right? We're, we're, we're connected through the same father, brother or sister, sins against you. If your brother sins against you, your brother or sister, a, a fellow Christian does something that's wrong. They stole something from you. They lied about you. They caused you trouble. Whatever the case may be, if your brother sins against you, Go and show him his fault just between the two of you. Notice what it did not say. It did not say when your girlfriends come around, gossip like a hound dog about them. Didn't say gossip about them. Didn't say tell everybody else what this person has done. That person offended you, why are you talking to everybody else? Got a little quiet in here all of a sudden. If that person offends you, Jesus says, or if that person sins against you, go and show him his fault just between the two of you. If he listens to you, you have won your brother over. There's a lot of power in that, y'all. Before we go forward, there's a lot of power in that. That person knows what they did to you, and they may not come to you right then in that moment, but you having the gall to go to them and say, that thing you did to me, I don't know if you meant to or not, but man, you messed me up with that. You, you messed me up with that. And you and I have been pretty tight for a while. We've been buds for a while. I'm not sure why you did that thing, but you know you did it. And I want us to be able to be tight again, but we gotta get by this thing. If you're the person that's on the wrong side of that, what are you gonna do with that? You're either gonna deny it and you're gonna go deeper into it and you're gonna start uh, justifying your actions. And if they do, okay, that's what they did. But what's your responsibility? Listen to me. Don't worry about what their responsibility is in this. What does Jesus say your responsibility is? If your brother sins against you, go to him, just you and him. Man, how many of y'all know that there's some freedom, there's some power in knowing that you have done what God has called you to do? It's not on you to fix them, it's on you to do what God's called you to do. 
And when you've gone to that person, just you and that person, if they start cussing you, if they tell you, get out of my face, if they start just justifying all the things, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's the way you want to do this. Great. I just told you what the deal is. I'm trying to fix it. You're not cool. I'm out of here. I'm not down with this. He says, go to them, just you alone. If they listen to you, you've won your brother over. How many of you don't know it don't always work that way though? That's why Jesus kept on going, verse 16. But if he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Y'all, is that Bible smart or what? Does that Bible know what it's talking about? How many of y'all went one-on-one to somebody before and they twisted up some mess of lies and said things you never said? He said, hey, they don't listen to you first time. Get two people you trust, you love, two people that everybody's gonna believe in. Take them back with you. And when that joker starts talking all that mess and drugging up stuff, somebody else besides you is gonna be sitting there saying, wait a minute now, it's not really the way it happened. That's not the way it happened. And when they come back after it's all over with and they start saying, well, Jeff said that, 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 that. Well, no, Jeff didn't say that. Jeff sat back there and just let us do the talking. Okay, all right. Jesus knows what he's talking about. If he will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter <clears throat> may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Okay, what if that doesn't work? If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, treat him as you would a pagan or a tax collector. That's what Jesus said, y'all. So we talked about step one and two, go by yourself, go take one or two others with you. Then he says, if that still doesn't work with another brother, take it to the church. Now, I don't think he means to come up here, bring, drag somebody up in front of all of y'all, but I do think that he means for Christians, people within the church that's trying to do God's work together, when we get sideways with each other and if we can't work it out with each other, I think what he's saying is take it to the leaders of the church, and sometimes, how many of y'all been in a situation where we just can't find common ground and we need someone to mediate this thing, right? So when you bring it to the leaders of the church, the leaders of the church should care about you and should care about them. And that leader of the church or leaders of the church should listen to it and say, listen, listen, listen. Y'all sideways with each other, but you're worried about yourself and you're worried about yourself. What I'm worried about is the kingdom of God and people that don't know him. And for this church to be able to go forward and do the things that God's called us to do, we got to figure this out. Now let's get on the same page. Yeah, thank God. Give God the glory. He says, if he doesn't listen, then that's about all you can do. And when he says, treat him as a pagan or a tax collector, you got to realize that's Jesus saying that. And Jesus loves everyone, but how would the people of God in Jesus' day treat a pagan? Well, they would not be brothers with them. They would not be going to their house for a cookout. We're not on the same page. How would, how would the Jewish people treat a tax collector? They would know that this is someone who's trying to steal something from me and my family, and they would treat them as an outsider. Jesus is saying that person has shown you that that's not blood, that's not kin, that's not, that's not family right there, so quit treating them like they are. Now, he doesn't say talk about them. He doesn't say cut them off. I would think Jesus would want you to continue praying for them, that God would change something in them, but he gives you a recipe right there for how to find forgiveness. That's Matthew 18. Another thing, number three. Number three, let it go and you will live. <clears throat> let it go and you will live. Now, this is a long little passage of scripture. I'll explain it as we go along, but it starts off like this. Peter my guess is somebody's done something to Peter. How many of y'all know Peter, right? Peter cut a man's ear off, right? Peter get a little hot under the collar sometimes. Anybody sitting beside of a Peter right now, huh? Amen. 
<laughs> now, shh, don't say nothing about it. Just keep it to yourself. A little hot under the collar. Get a little excited sometimes. So somebody's done something to Peter, and Peter asked Jesus, hey, like, 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 I know you want us to forgive people, but how much, how much are we supposed to forgive? And so the number of perfection or completion was seven. Are we supposed to forgive them seven times? See, Peter thinks he's going a long way by that. Jesus looks at him and says, no. I don't know that Jesus said no, but you know, he said 70 times seven, meaning there is no end to how many times you're supposed to forgive. And then Jesus begins to tell a story about the kingdom of God. Pay attention to the story that, that, that Jesus is trying to explain to Peter right here. It says, Matthew 18, this just continues on from what we were just reading. Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like, always, always pay attention when Jesus tries to describe to you what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So here's a king and he has some people who are serving him. And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now y'all, just hang with me just a minute. 10,000 talents doesn't mean anything to us in our modern day, but one talent would have been the equivalent of 20 years worth of salary, 20 years. And so, so if you do the math on this thing, I'll spare you the time. When it, says, when it says that this man owed him all these talents, he owed him the equivalent of $6 billion. $6 billion. This ain't no $20 thing that y'all lost on the football game. This is $6 billion. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him $6 billion was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. The servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. Anybody see where we're going right there? Anybody want to insert yourself into that slot where you owed the king the equivalent of $6 billion? He let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. A denarii is the equivalent of one day's wage. And so he owed him a hundred denarii, quick math, around $12,000 versus $6 billion. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Now this is the man who just got let off from the $6 billion and his wife and his kids being sold into slavery, all of those things began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. Uh-oh. Then the master, the king, called the servant in. You wicked servant. He said, I canceled all that $6 billion debt of yours because you begged me to. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? Look at verse 34. In anger, his master turned him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Do you see what Jesus is saying in this parable, this story? 
He's saying that, that for those of us who have, have sinned against God, we have broken trust with God. Now, don't, don't worry about anybody else who has offended you just yet. Those of us who have sinned by either saying a curse word or having a lustful thought in our mind or stealing something or, 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 or even many times worse than that, that one sin that we have all created, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, that one sin compiled with the multitude of sins that we've created, the king forgave us to the measure that he sent his own son to die on an old rugged cross. Six billion dollars does not touch what Jesus did for us. And then God looks down into our world and you sideways with somebody because they said something about you and you won't forgive them. And now they're living miserable and you're living miserable. And God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. How much did I forgive you of? Aren't you free now? Don't you sleep well at night knowing that you've been forgiven? Don't you, don't you love knowing that you've been saved and you're going to heaven? But you won't let somebody else off because of some little something y'all got sideways about? This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. My point to that whole long thing is if you let go you will live. If you let go of the anger and the animosity and the hatred and the unforgiveness, if you will let go of it, you will live. What's the opposite side of that coin though? It's the last thing. Hold on to it. Hold on to hatred and you will die. Well, Jeff, we all going to die. Yeah, you, you, you're going to die a physical death, but what is it like to die a spiritual death? What is it like to die day after day while your body's still breathing? 1 John 3, verses 14 and 15. John says, anyone who does not love remains in death. Man, that's, that's so easy to read, but it's so, so deep to get a grasp on. Because love is caring more about the other person than I care about myself. Who do I have to care more about? Well, Jesus taught us that we're supposed to love who? Our neighbor, Who's my neighbor, Jesus? You mean I got to love them? You mean I got to love 49ers fans? Come on, Lord. Melvin, Elliot. <laughs> That's for all y'all Cowboys fans I've been picking on all year. There you go. You can have that one. You mean I got to love them? Man, Love is caring more about the other person than I care about myself. John says anyone who does not love remains in death. What's death? Death is not spiritually living. Being disconnected from God. Man, if you're a tree and, and your roots don't no longer go down into the ground and pull nutrients and pull water from the ground, what happens to that tree? It dies. When the, when the roots get cut off from the source of life, the tree dies. When you get cut off from the source of your spiritual life, you are dead on the inside. And my guess is that there are people in this room under the sound of my voice online even right now who are dead inside spiritually because of an unwillingness to love and an unwillingness to forgive. He continues and says, anyone who hates his brother, by the way, not just talking about the, the boy that was born to your mama. When he says your brother, any one of you who hates his brother, that's another Christian. You hate someone that, that, that's a child of God. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life in him. What's Jesus want us to get from that? Can Jesus not forgive a murderer? Yep, he sure does. 
When a person accepts Jesus without, let me, don't let me chase a rabbit on this, but when, when a person accepts Jesus, regardless of what they've done in their life, regardless of what the transgression from the past was, Jesus washes all of that away through his blood. And that person who murdered someone now is no longer a murderer in the eyes of God. They're a saint. But a person who continues to hold hatred in their heart towards other people, who continues to think about a people group, or continues to think about a person and continues to hold on to that hatred in their heart, they're as good as dead. Jesus says, if you're gonna, if you're gonna bear my name, if you're gonna get down with me for all of eternity and be with me for all of eternity, you gotta let those things go. Hold on to hatred and you will die. I'll close with this thought. There's a story that's told about trappers in the south of India who were known for trapping monkeys of all things. You may have heard this story, but, but the trappers in, in, in South India that caught the monkeys, they said that the way that they would catch the monkeys well, was just a very simple trap. In a very simple trap, they would take a coconut and they would hollow that coconut out. They would chain it to a stake so that it couldn't go anywhere. And they would cut a hole in the top of that coconut. And they would put rice and bananas down inside of that thing and the smell would, would draw the monkeys to it. And the monkey would come to that coconut with the rice and bananas in it. And the hole was large enough for the monkey to get his hand down in it to grab hold of whatever it was. But it was too small for him to pull his hand out. And once he reached in and grabbed hold of that thing that was so attractive to him, he would not let it go. And so when the trapper would come, the monkey had a decision to make. That man's coming with a machete in his hand, but I've got this rice and banana in my hand. If I will just let go of it, I can get away from here. If I'll just let go of it, I can be free, but I'm not gonna let go of it because it's rice and bananas, y'all. If I, if I let go of this, this is mine. I'm not letting go of it. And the monkey will not let go of it. And you can figure out the rest of what the trapper does when he comes and that monkey screaming and yelling and scared and miserable. And he knows what's gonna happen, but he will not let go and take his hand out of the hole. My guess is this morning, there's some of us in this room who will not let go. Man, divorce is a terrible thing, y'all. I get it. I get divorce is a terrible thing. But God wants to set some people free from a past by helping you to let things go. Abuse is a terrible thing, y'all. There are some people in this room, I'm sure, who've been abused. And the thing that happened to you, it happened to you, but it's not who you are. And God wants you to let go, release that thing. Addiction is a terrible thing and there are reasons that people have been drawn into addiction and there are people who, who were part of your life that caused you to go there. But holding on to that hatred is not gonna set you free. There are people probably in this room who've had family members who've been murdered. I know there are. But holding on to that hatred, it leads to death. Letting go leads to life. And God sent me here this morning to tell you Man, he loves you. He created you with a plan before you were ever born to do amazing things in this life. He created you to have love and joy and peace, patience, all of those things. But you can't have it as long as you hold on. You say, Jeff, I don't know how to do that. I can't forget what's been done to me. I'm not asking you to forget. That monkey can let go of that banana and rice. He can get under that tree and he can still remember what he let go of, but he's still alive, isn't he? He can still remember what he had, but if he lets go, he gets to live. If he holds on to it, there's no life for him. 
You can let go of what's happened to you. Doesn't mean that you'll forget it. But letting go of that anger is what's going to help you to be able to live. You've all heard the saying that, that, that holding on to bitterness and hatred and anger is like, is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Today is a day that God's bringing you to freedom because he wants you to let go. He wants to give you peace. You're not going to forget about it. But if you'll choose to forgive that other person, take them off the chopping block, turn them over to God, say, God, I'm sick and tired of fighting this thing in my mind. Today, I'm choosing to trust you. If you'll help me, God, show me how to forgive. He's going to meet you in that. Would you stand to your feet right now? Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. For more information on service times and location, please visit CompassionDanville.com. 